Welcome to the Average Joe Theology Show. My name is Levi Sanders. I'm Hunter Harrison. And I'm Chase Schaefer. What's up? Okay, hey, so up? Um, last week we started a series on Genesis, and we're going to continue it today. Well, let's so, do it. Big time. How you guys been? Man, I've been good. I've been good. It's been a little stressful. You just bought a house. Yeah, I did. Shoot. Just it up. Dude, it's been a nightmare. I've never pulled so many staples. Like, hey, I've, I woke up the next day, and I felt 60 years old. Uh, <laughs> I literally like I felt like I I worked out for like three hours. I was Shoot, I was man. dying, man. It was a nightmare. But uh, yeah, it, we we're getting through it. We're getting there. So nice. What about you, Hunter? What you been up to? Working, <laughs> working, working out, dude. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I was talking to my dad about this before I left the house. Um, ever since you got that Mustang as a rental. <laughs> I've you been really one? contemplating buying oh, one. Dang. I'm not kidding. And I'm not. Oh, you missed that. Wait, what? Uh, also, just so you guys know. So, like, last week, I took my awesome, super cool minivan to the shop. Oh, yeah. And as a rental car, they gave me a 2020 convertible Mustang. Oh, my gosh. With so, a V8 engine in it. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, they make, people, like, four-cylinder. Mm. It's crazy. So, me and Hunter yeah. went tearing up the town in that thing. We tore it up. And... <laughs> I've never had more fun in my life. My pretty wife and I also and took the top down and cruised <sighs> yeah. the mountains. Uh, like are you serious? So pretty. And now, I really want one. Oh it was gosh. nice. I want one. Real it was nice. nice. I don't know if I'll get that exact thing because well, those are just expensive. But do what you do. I really just want a Mustang. Join the military. And yeah, then, well, <laughs> that, is, that is a way. Well, that is a way. Hey, you can be like Maybe. every other young airman and waste all your money on a car that you can't afford. You only need a fourteen <laughs> percent. <laughs> that's all. That's that's what you get. And you what? Well, I mean, it, it's enticing. You got that Mustang. Have you watched those videos where they go around? They ask like military members, like, "Why'd you join like the army? Or why'd you join this?" And they're like, "For that, for that Mustang, dude." <laughs> <laughs> Just like they, they're like, "Dude, I don't know, that man. Thing I really can't afford." <laughs> I got that. I got that convertible Mustang and it was parked outside the hangar and, and all the guys were like, man, you really are going to be a pilot. They were like, <laughs> when we were at Shepherd Air Force Base, we went and drove by like the, the little school where all the pilots stay mm-hmm. and like there's like 17 Mustangs in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way to go, folks. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a Chevy guy. Okay. Well, this is not a Mustang commercial. I am too, but. Um, so I'm is a that, Toyota guy. This is a theological so, podcast, so. Yeah. You're what? I'm a Toyota guy. No, me too. That's sorry. right. Love Toyota. Foreign is the only way to go. I'm sorry. Hate on me. Sorry, bro. He hates America. <laughs> well, All right. he's in the military, but he hates yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh well, let's continue. So, so last week we covered Genesis one through three. We covered mm-hmm. creation and the fall. Um, today we're going to hit on four through six, all the way up to Noah and the flood. So we're not going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about all that comes before that. I'm um, starting with really Cain important. and Abel. So. Let's just dive right into it, guys. Do you want to take a pause so they can read real quick? Oh, yes. Go ahead and read. Yeah, and so so obviously now. because we're going to cover like two and a half. My voice is good. <laughs> because Whoa! we're going to cover like because we're gonna cover like two and a half chapters of scripture, um, we're not going to read the whole thing. That would take up the whole entire podcast. It would. So um, we're going to take a break. 
momentarily, and you're going to read it for yourself. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, isn't that so good? Boom. Okay. We're so back. now we're right up to the flood, um, and we're going to dive into it and talk about it. So you guys just kick it off. What you got for chapter four of, of Genesis here? So at, so obviously we see the fall happen in Genesis 3. Um, he, he warns the serpent, the woman, the man of the, the mm-hmm. consequences mm-hmm. of the fall, um, kicks him out the garden, mm-hmm. and that's where we pick up today. Well. Adam and Eve, they have uh, kids. Yeah, uh, two of them. Kids. Cain. Cain uh, the, the way it was explained to me was Cain came first, at and Abel after. That's a good way to remember it. Yes, uh-huh. Cain. Yeah, Cain came first, Abel mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, you got two brothers, and to be honest, in chap in Genesis four, they you see a lot of things really. Um, also in five, or no, in four, uh, you see the first murder. You see yep. um, the first offspring, really, that are recorded in the Bible. Yeah, I think you also see, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you see one of the first instances where you see that children are, are a gift from God, plain and simple. Because yes. verse mm-hmm. four or chapter four, verse one says, "Now Adam knew his his now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. So it's a blessing. With the help of the Lord. Yeah. Everything. Yes. However, her tone is still kind of kind of skeptical. What do you mean? So well, we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So so still going into to Genesis four. So what happens? Adam knew Eve. They had a baby. Baby. Mm-hmm. Um they bore Cain. Yep. And as Hunter just said, Eve recognizes that she she um, got Cain with the help of the Lord. Nothing happens apart from yes, God. And I think I I love um, before I had my own first child. Mm-hmm. I loved reading through the Old Testament, and seeing every time that there is a reference to a new child, you see the woman reference, or you see you see Scripture reference that God opened her womb. Mm-hmm. That right. it is God who who. Um, he gave it. the life, right? Who created the life? So um, that's so cool. But we see we see them have Cain, and we see them have mm-hmm. his brother Abel. Um, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a worker of the land, and then they both brought a sacrifice, and that's kind of where it gets dicey, right? Yes, it is. So, so that's where we see um, we see it. And I'll go ahead and read that, and we'll and we'll discuss that. So okay. a, um, it says. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought um, of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his sacrifice, or his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. So, I mean, I mean I, that's that's a lot right there. So Yeah, I mean, so obviously, obviously we see that God... Except Abel's, not Cain's, right. and so why is that? Which Scripture talks about it in in a couple places. I think we would say that this is like one of the first instances where we see the foundation for the doctrine of election. Yeah. Uh, yes, where he has favor for one, and you know, not yes, the but other. there's also reason. You can also see reason why he did not have favor yes. for Cain. But like it, mm-hmm. it actually speaks about it, like in Hebrews eleven. One through four. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So now we're talking about faith. And four, by it, the people of old, talking about basically Cain and Abel at this time, received their com- 
uh, commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So we show that basically it's by faith, and it's mm-hmm. that— Where was that at? This is Hebrews 11, yeah, 1 Hebrews through 4. 11. I thought that was really good. And then also, I mean, you know, we could talk about this later, but Proverbs fifteen eight: the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination of the Lord, but For, the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. In 1 John, actually, the um, the only reference to an Old Testament character in all of 1 John um, is to Cain. And he actually says... Um, uh, where is it right here? He says, "Were you at in First John here?" Yeah, uh, First John three eleven. He says, okay. "For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not act like Cain, mm. who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Hmm. So and we so, see we see that Cain was." unrighteous he was unrepentant he was not um god had not worked in him right he was unrighteous and therefore he saw the righteousness of his brother abel and that infuriated him i mean mean, you see that all through scripture that unholy people hate holiness sure yeah right so that's that's the reason everyone is always shocked when they encounter god or um i mean that's why they hated jesus that's why they hate us when they see jesus through us is because unholy people hate holiness same thing with Ab- with Cain. He hated the righteousness that righteousness that he saw in Ab- in Abel, um, and he was not righteous. I mean, it's it even speaks about it. Um, you know, Ab- or Cain, you know, lowers his head. He's angry, and we find out why. But I mean, even s- God even says, "If you do well, will you not be accepted?" And so, th- he was not doing well. He was unrighteous. There, he was mm-hmm. he was of the evil one. I mean, that's why his. Um, that's why his what he gave to God was not accepted. Yeah, and and, so, and you could still make the argument that that ties into the doctrine of election that mm-hmm. God did elect Abel and He did not Cain. Right. However, th- there's also reasons in Scripture why sure. Cain acted the way that he did, mm-hmm. why I mean, he was infuriated, um, why he was mad. Right, he was angry. He he easily could have. Um, and there's a possibility. I mean, it's not in here, and I don't want to read things into the text, but sure. I mean, there's a possibility that God told them how they were to sacrifice, and Cain didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then when God punished mm-hmm. him, or or just when God punished him in general, um, or did not accept his sacrifice, Cain was mad. Mm-hmm. He could have easily repented of doing so. Right, but that but he didn't. Wasn't he didn't him. exactly right because he was unrighteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, I have written down like in verse five, like he hangs his head and he's ashamed, but he's not blaming himself, but he's blaming like God and his brother. And that's where he's yeah. fresher. He doesn't show a repentant of heart like you talked about, but takes right. his anger on someone who has done right. And that, I mean, that's terrible. You know, like it's the first sh- uh, the first time that we see murder in the Bible yeah. Yeah. where a man, Versus. Not, because of his own uh, failures, because of his own sin, he he takes it and, ba- and like, you know, takes it out on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. And you see an unrepentant of heart. 
you see somebody who was sinful and somebody who was doing yeah. good before God, and he was killed. Right? And he kills, yeah, he kills his brother because he hated his righteousness. Mm-hmm. He goes to him in the field, kills him. And then I, I think this is funny. I mean, obviously it's a serious situation, right? But yeah. I find it always funny in Scripture when, when God comes to somebody and asks them a question that he knows the oh, answer yeah. to. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So he comes to Cain, he's like, where's your brother? Where's your brother at? Where's he at? Uh-huh. I don't know. I know you killed him. <laughs> I'm not my brother's keeper. I'm not yeah. sure, man. Yeah, and then Cain reacts in a in a in a smart way to God. Yeah, right. Says, "I'm not my brother's keeper." I do not know. He lies to him. Yeah. <laughs> he lies to God. Which is which is very interesting too. Where he says brother's keeper because like, uh, what was it? It was Abel who took care of sheep. You know. Yeah. And so. That's what they're like. They're sh- he was a a shepherd, you know. He was the right. the flock keeper. He was a sheep keeper, mm-hmm. and he took care of them. And and so he's like, well, I'm not my brother's uh, keeper. Yep. I don't you know, know where Abel he's at. was a Abel was the the sheep keeper. And then the Lord wastes no time and calls him out. Mm-hmm. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Mm. That imagery. And That's then this core stuff right there. And and then. Do you have something to add on the blood? Uh, I mean, okay, so there's there's a couple times that people have brought up that verse 11 there as well, which I thought was super interesting. Um, the word blood there, um, when it says, and now you are cursed from the ground, mm-hmm. which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And it's speculated that in Hebrews, that blood there is actually plural, which... I thought it was very interesting. It could it could be taken that way. So, whenever you're whenever you're saying plural, like plurality of blood, uh, brothers' bloods, mm-hmm. it's it's talking about the future generations that that Cain has killed, the the offspring, the children, the mm. the the future wives and husbands that that could have been, that would have been, that would have populated the earth, and there was death in that, and he killed all those people. He killed all that potential that was going to be coming. Wow. That, and hmm. it's sad, you know. Shoot. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I mean, that's definitely one way to think of it. When when, right. when, when a man dies, his future obviously yeah. dies unless he that's has true. children already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, huh. so Cain kills his brother, and then he's punished, right? God says, obviously he was a yep. worker of the ground. God says, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You shall nope. be a fugitive and a wanderer. And Cain responds, and he says, My punishment is greater than I can bear. You have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. And then he basically says, you know, whoever finds me is just going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Whoever's going to murder me. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to murder me because of what I've done Not against God. So. Or uh, against my brother Cain. And, and what does God do? Tells him he's not going to be murdered. Mm. Right? So even in God's punishment of Cain, God is merciful. Mm. Even, yeah. his, even his... Um, forbid him forbidding someone to kill Cain is gracious to Cain that he allows him to exist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. Just the mere existence is grace in of itself that he keeps him from being murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. And and what's funny though too, if you if you go back to him where he's like, my punishment is greater than I could bear. That's still like he is literally murdered. Like this is after the fact where. Mm-hmm. After he talked to, whenever he talked to God before he killed his brother, he was, you know, he was angry and he was unrepentant. Mm-hmm. And now he's killed his brother. And before his eyes, the blood is on his hands. The blood is on the ground, weeping of his murder. And 
he's still like, why would you punish me? My punishment is too great. Right. How, like, well, it's, he doesn't it's get an it. unrepentant heart. Yeah, yeah he's blind. It, then that just shows yeah. the true wickedness of man and and what has happened because of the fall of man, because of Adam and Eve's sin. Mm-hmm. What has happened? There has been this this evil that has become of yeah. man's soul, and man's heart. As, the separation of God. You now see it. As far as Scripture is concerned, and I don't know what I don't know how much time maybe people do know but i don't know how much time has passed from the fall till this event but there was no time wasted in getting the ball rolling on depravity mm-hmm. it was yeah. already boom 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 oh not for sure you see it first thing right the first murder already yeah. we're the destruction downhill. of the imago 100%. day first off right yeah but yeah so so um he's punished he goes away um cain has a son enoch don't confuse that with the Enoch that we'll talk about in a little bit. That's a different Enoch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people that's make where that. I was getting confused when you were talking about it earlier. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. People make that, um, you know, that that was one, something I was going to speak of because a lot of people, whenever they probably first read it, mm-hmm. they don't understand the plurality of names like going through yeah. the Bible, like Mary, if you read oh, the New so Testament. Oh, there's so many Marys. Uh, yeah. It's not even funny. And so, like, if you look at Enoch, the, the Enoch in Genesis 4 is not the one. In Genesis uh, five, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's all the way through the scripture, the multiple, mm-hmm. yeah, multiple names. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was actually reading. I read a book on John Knox this week, which was like an, an absolute blessing. Totally recommend it. <laughs> What's it called? Um, it's called the Mighty Weakness of John Knox. Okay, mm-hmm. read it. But uh, just this multiple names thing made me think. There's a section in there where they made the the Scots the Scots Confession of Faith. And it was John Knox and these like six other Scottish theologians, and they were all named John. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. But even if you look at, you look, you think of, um, I mean, there's so many Puritans named John there's or Thomas. Yeah. It's just funny. The, the, there's so many different names. I'm going to point out to something, another, um, there's a commentary I was reading that brought up, uh, basically came whenever he said like, somebody will kill me. Mm-hmm. I, I, they actually they they put out a point that I thought was super interesting, and uh, they get it from scripture in Job, and uh, why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter in soul, who long for death but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave, and so if you look at the lifespan of people during this time, mm-hmm. it's hundreds, which we'll get hundreds into in and hundreds of years. And so I actually was under the impression, too, that it was almost a, I hope I die. My punishment is too yeah. great. How terrible is my punishment? Like, Cain wanted to be dead. He had a punishment he deemed harsh. Right. And right. God was not going to let him get away so easily. Well, that, I think it's that, but it's also, it was also God being merciful mm-hmm. to say, even though this may be what you want, that's not what you need. You need to survive, to yeah. live. But, like, Cain wanted yeah, to die, like he was seeking death too. Like it was almost like a, a punishment, yeah, but also showing mercy in a way. Nonchalantly, just like I'll be a fugitive and a wanderer, and whoever finds me is going to kill me. Yeah, like, and he was hoping for that in right. a way. I would say because his punishment's hard, he wants to die, mm-hmm. and God's like, "Well, I'm not going to let that happen." Yeah, <laughs> right. So then we see, then we see this guy named Lamech who takes two wives, which is another distortion of God's original mm-hmm. design. Yeah, um, and we see that all through Scripture. And I've, I, I just bring that up because I know a lot of people say, "Well, how come in the Old Testament they had a whole bunch of wives, 
but then in the New Testament, we're only supposed to have one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that was never God's design. Never, he didn't, ever. He didn't create Eve and Angela and Samantha all for Adam. No, he just made Eve. Yeah. Right. That's it. Again, we're already seeing perversion of perversion God's, of God's perfect exactly. design. Mm-hmm. And then and then the last section of chapter, chapter 4, Adam knew his wife again and bore a son and called his name Seth. Now, here's what I wanted to get into. You brought up Eve's reaction when, when Cain... Mm when they bore Cain Mm -hmm. and listen to the comparison. Okay. I just think this is, this is of significance that at first of all, when, when Adam knows his wife and she conceived and bore Cain, she says, I, I have gotten, I have gotten a man Mm. with the help of the Lord, Mm -hmm. with the help of the Lord. Right. But she did it. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. She says, yeah, I, I have, have done this with the help of the Lord. I've gotten a man with the help of the but Lord. But when she, yep. when she, when she um, conceives of Seth, she says, God has appointed for me another offspring. Mm. That is a little bit of a shift. There. I think you see, you see a growth in Eve, even in her sanctification, even through chapter four. That first of all, she says, I did this with the help of the Lord. But at the end, she's right. saying, God, God did this completely. God has God appointed, appointed for me another son. Yeah, that no she realizes she... that that God is sovereign, God is in control, God mm-hmm. appointed for her this next son. Obviously, we know that Seth is the replacement of Abel per mm-hmm. se. Yeah. That he was that he was the righteous one. Yeah. Where the the line continues. Mm-hmm. Um that God uses. Right. Yeah. And so that drives us into chapter 5. So Well, I, I also want oh, to talk about ahead. real quick. Yeah, um just for the comparison notes for chapter 5. Um if you look how many how many verses is it? That we talk about the line of Enoch, or not Enoch, oh my gosh, uh, Cain. Sorry. So Cain is like, what, eight verses? Yeah. That explained really, really quickly. Basically, his whole line is continuing in sin. He he uh, he has a son who kills somebody else again, and he gets he gets uh, punished 77-fold. And then um, you have uh, the multiple wives. And so you see this line of Cain. Mm-hmm. become going distorted one yes yeah and it's all going one way and then that's what i love about chapter five and that's why for people who are nude or maybe reading this stuff and they see chapter five they're like and skip chapter skip. six <laughs> right. but it's it is important yeah so we'll talk about that so um yeah. we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back to dive into chapter five Okay, so we're back, um, we're back, diving into chapter five. So we've covered chapter four. So we go from the fall um, through the story of Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cain is punished. Um, he he is punished. He has to continue to exist. Um, and, but God is also merciful that he continues to exist because mm-hmm. he could have easily just thrown him into hell, which is a much greater punishment. Um, and then we see a little bit of the furtherment of the lines, and we see Seth be born to Adam and Eve. So now we pick up in in chapter five, um, and and most of this book is a, or most of this chapter is a genealogy. It is right. So yeah. so first thing I want to dive into is that why are biblical genealogies important? Right. So there's tons of places throughout Scripture, especially in Genesis, Exodus, yeah, um, really all five books of the law. Yeah. 
Um, so the first five books of the Bible are filled with genealogies. Mm-hmm. And easy. and as as Chase alluded to before this, I mean, when you're a new believer and you're you're trying to read this for the first time, you're like, what does this have to do with anything? I'm just going to skip this section. Oh, I know I used to. Instead of trying to read <laughs> all did, of these uh, names. Uh, one Sunday, my pastor asked me to read read a section of, um, was it Nehemiah in the service? Because I, so, yeah. I was deacon of the week. And, and I read all the names and, and this these two girls came up to me after service and they were like, I was really impressed with how you read those names. <laughs> it's like, because, because it's hard. <laughs> it is, it is hard. hard. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but why are they important? Well, I mean, there is one thing about it that is important that it shows almost in a way like proof or it, it's, it's important because this goes all the way to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I mean, you can follow that lineage back and back. Right. And so, I was going to say, and so you, you could, it's a living you record. Could, of it is. It's where a, uh, this all started. It's not just, well, there's this guy, Jesus. He just came out of nowhere. He no, it traces it all the way from the beginning. Well, you it can al- see how he came into being. Mm-hmm. And it also, it not only proves or shows a proof of Jesus and mm-hmm. how important he is and who he is, but um, it also, shows how important his lineage was. Like, it literally goes yeah. all the way forward. So it's mm-hmm. also not only proof, but also the importance of Jesus. And just like, right. hey, we literally have his lineage all the way back to Adam. This man is important. He is God. I mean, it just shows it and mm-hmm. what we've done. I mean, over years and years and years of the Bible, yeah, mm-hmm. you you have God. I think right. it's also important too because you see that you see that no matter how messed up the situation gets because of fallen man, God still works. God still has his mm-hmm. his line all the way through the ark of redemption, all the way to Christ, as you said. It shows right? the sovereignty. You see, even though even though it's jacked up here and we see Cain's line start to go go off the path, mm-hmm. we see Seth be born, we see Seth's line continue mm-hmm. to faithful men such as Noah. Continue right. to faithful men such as Abraham, to Moses, to to um, David, to Christ. You know, you, you just see the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So that's why genealogies are important. They are. Uh, I mean, Paul says all Scripture is God breathed and and is useful. Um, so so genealogies are part of that. But to start out, um, what you guys got on chapter five? Well, um, I mean, you can definitely if you just read it. Again, like we were talking about importance, you could see how much is just given to the lineage of Adam to Seth mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, you also see continuation of following God. I mean, in chapter four, at the very, very end, it explains it. So Seth also a son was born and he called him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So, so Seth follows God. His children do. Mm-hmm. You see it through the continuation of their his lineage. Um, you see a son named Enoch. I believe where is Enoch? Okay, in verse twenty one. The son of Seth. No, 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 not the son of Seth. No, I'm saying, but but the descendant of Seth, He's Enoch, not, not the son of Cain, Enoch. Right. Yes. Adam. Yes, the yeah. other one. Yes. Yeah, uh, the set. Yes, yeah, yeah, I see yeah, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, not. The I just want to say, like earlier, okay. we talked about not the descendant yeah, of Cain's Cain. son Enoch, but now Seth's. you're talking about a Seth's son Enoch. Yeah. Enoch. So there's two Enoch. Not son, but Seth's descendant <laughs> came, Enoch. Yes, he came down the line, but 
and of that same yes. lineage. And what's super important, and I mean, what's crazy is you see the the differences of Enoch Cain, Enoch of Seth's lineage. Mm-hmm. Enoch literally was a man uh, who God, like he followed God, he walked with God, and he's on, he's one of the only few people who we see uh, be... By faith, Enoch was taken. In Hebrews 11, 5 through 6, it speaks about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So Enoch was obviously a man mm-hmm. after God. You know, he loved the yeah, Lord. Yeah, I mean, God took him. Yeah, yeah I mean, he yeah. did. He did not die. God just took him. <laughs> Rapture, Straight man. up took him. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm but don't, also, no. so Enoch kidding. is really cool, a really cool person in biblical history mm-hmm. um, because, because he never died. He was taken by God, mm-hmm. right? Um, but also, if you ever hear, I just want to throw this out there. If you ever hear about the book of Enoch, That's okay, true. don't read it. It's like <laughs> BC mysticism that Paul particularly calls mm-hmm. out and says that you should not read it. Okay, so so don't Stay read away. the book of Enoch, or you can read it, but it's not legit. It's it's right. all it's all made up. So, um, I just want to throw that out there. But another another person that I just want to throw out there that I, I always thought was fun, even when I was a kid, um, is Enoch's son Methuselah. Methuselah. Right. So Methuselah is the oldest. He's old man um, person <laughs> in all of history. Okay, it, Methuselah was nine hundred and sixty nine years old. 969. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. He was four short of a thousand. In, in reading all this? No. Uh, it was bad math. <laughs> I was four thinking 96 short? instead of 69. Uh, okay, I got you. Bad math. Sorry, I'm he not good at math. He was pretty close to a thousand. Hot maths. <laughs> yeah, so, quick maths. Quick maths. That's what it was. Quick maths. But I think, too, it's like, it's really crazy just to think, like, this This literally happened, like, 815 years for, for this man named Kenan. I mean... That's a long time, man. I mean, God time. bless these men. I mean, they, the, with the long years of their life, they That's the God only way. bless them. Yeah. I mean, in the next, I think it's this chapter or next chapter, God's just like, all right, we're doing 120. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. But so, these oh, are, go ahead. well, I was just like, these are lives that, that men lived. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. actual lives, walking with God like Enoch did and, and being in, in fellowship and, and living as a family for generations at following God until it leads to Noah, you know, yep. which I, and that's the big, awesome. that's the big point of this particular genealogy mm-hmm. is that it leads from Adam to Noah mm-hmm. from to the next big portion of, of the ark mm-hmm. of redemption that yep. we go from Adam to Noah. And even we see Lamech, Noah's dad um, say mm-hmm. he fathered a son and called his name Noah saying out of the ground that the Lord has cursed. This one shall bring us relief from our work and from the pain, painful toils of our hands, right? So he he even, uh, I guess you could say in a sense, prophesied that, that Noah would be mm-hmm. used of God in a way to cleanse the yeah. land. Yeah. And and that's what he did, right? So we, then we see um, Noah mentioned at the end of five um, in his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then we roll into chapter six. So yeah. um, you guys got anything else on chapter five? Uh, one of the things I was going to say is that when I a lot of times when I read like the genealogies and stuff, I'm always 
I guess humbled is the word because I see I see evidence of God using just broken sinful people for wonderful things mm-hmm. and it's like I mean that's what he does with us oh, so yeah. praise God for that because praise God yeah. these guys are just as bad as me and yet here he is using them for his glory so mm-hmm. hallelujah <laughs> and that's what's so glorious about the whole the whole Bible that God takes broken um sinful corrupted Big men time sinful and uses them for his own purposes and thanks yeah. be to God that he uses us I mean that right. that, that we for some reason yeah. um have been chosen to be used yeah. by God it's it's pretty mind boggling it is big time mind boggling <laughs> Um, so so now we we dive into the first part of chapter six. We're more not going to cover the whole thing. Um, we're going to do six. What'd you say? I said more sin. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Now we're only in this episode. We're only going to cover six one through eight. Yeah. Um, oh, up cool. to the flood in Noah, because this is about. deep. We're going to get into it a little yeah, bit. There's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of conversation to be had here. So since it's just eight verses, I'm just going to read it. Go for and it. Then we'll dive into it. Let's okay. Do that. Or at least I'm probably going to read some of it. So when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for his flesh his day shall be 120 years. That's what you just said, right? So, mm-hmm. so God basically puts a cap on the age. It's going to be 120 years. Um, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, they were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Okay, so let's just stop there. So, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and the dot da- and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. So, hmm. if you're just reading Genesis for the first time, this is going to be like a Okay, just you know, it's a further man, a, a furtherment cool. of sin. You see, yeah, people expand, but this is one. We're of about the, to take a left turn. This is one of the most highly contested or or debated passages of scriptures, even even amongst um, scholars mm-hmm. who have studied yeah. scripture all their life. Old mm-hmm. Testament scholars who who read Hebrew and know what's going on here still come to different interpretations of this passage, yep. and that really sits on who the sons of God are. So it says, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive and they took as their wives any they chose. Also, disclaimer, we would say that this is not necessarily a position to, this is not a hill to die on. No, I no. mean, the fact that not there's faithful biblical sol- scholars that fall on either side of the issue right. means that um, me and me and Chase can come to different interpretations of Genesis 6 and right. and, and, and be important. brothers. Yeah. Important oh, yeah. to know for this discussion. For this sure. is tertiary, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, l- l- this is this is one of those things, once again, to say that we may never find the correct answer. Um, I think um, we can come to a pretty good, yeah. pretty good conclusion. We can get close. Um, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's nothing to, to split over or, or argue about. Mm-hmm. It's... It's, but I think we should seek the answer. Absolutely. So once again, who are the sons of God? So there's two major um, camps mm-hmm. as far as two major interpretations of this passage. Okay. One of them has always been that the sons of God were the sons of Seth's line because Seth was faithful 
Mm-hmm. Seth was was the people of God. His family was the people of God. That's what we just talked about, right? Yeah. Cain, yeah. you saw Cain's line just go off in left field, mm-hmm. and Seth's line continued faithfully mm-hmm. to Noah. So one interpretation says that the sons of God, excuse me, um, are the sons of Seth's line, and that the daughters of man were the daughters of of Cain's line, and that the two should not have, um, I guess you know, had relations together because mm-hmm. God obviously. Uh, even for even in Israel, condemns Israel from from mixing with other yes. races or other peoples, um, and just the same with Christians, really condemns Christians to marry people who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. And right? that's a strong argument. I mean, that makes sense if you think about it. You know, yeah, that that's one interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but but the other interpretation, and this is going to sound crazy if you've never studied. Mm-hmm. Scripture. Hold on tight. The other interpretation, the one that I think is is the most logical, even though it sounds crazy, um, and the most skip- scripturally supported, is the idea that the sons of God were angels, that they were angels who sinned mm-hmm. by by taking the daughters of man as wives, mm-hmm. um, having sexual relations with them, and having children. Mm-hmm. They sinned. They were fallen angels. And um, basically, it corrupted God's creation. It corrupted the world, right? Because then further. we see, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but the, the the title of this section in my Bible is Increasing Corruption on Earth. Yeah. That That's these fallen says. angels were corrupting um, man, corrupting the world, that really their their goal was probably to thwart God's ultimate plan um, of, of Christ yeah. by... Yeah, two, corrupting the the descendants, but two but it didn't work. Don't make a positive in this situation. Fallen exactly. angels, fallen man, more fallen. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, and I mean you like like we are saying that people really do understand it is fallen angels. It's it's what what demons. I mean this is not uh, this is not angels like actual angels that are up in heaven. <laughs> like it's, well, they were. They were, they were but they're fallen. And that's it was what... angels who left their place and sinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I think that can be supported. I mean, so, first of all, when you say, when you when you read the sun, for the longest time, personally, I was in the camp to say this was men from Seth's line and women from Cain's line that mm-hmm. were intermarrying mm-hmm. and corrupt, corrupting the lines. Yeah. Um, but I do not hold to that position anymore. One of the supporting texts that made me switch over can be found in Job. Um, right at the beginning of Job. So if you don't know the story of Job, he was a, a very wealthy um, and powerful man who was righteous and, and followed God, and God allowed Satan to tempt him, right? But the mm-hmm. beginning scene of Job mm-hmm. is Satan and the angels coming together to meet in heaven. Where God actually gives Satan the permission to to tempt right. Job, and He says, it, it says in Job one six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, mm. and Satan was also among them. And Satan. Right. So that's the same Hebrew word, the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is in Genesis six, where it says the sons of God. There. Also, if you go to Second uh, Peter. Man. If you go to Second Peter, pretty strong, pretty strong proof text right there, my friend. <laughs> that is, that is. Especially, I mean, is it's Job that I believe is considered to be also one of the oldest books. 
of the yeah, Bible. Yeah, Job Isn't technically the first. Technically, chronologically, I'm pretty sure Job is the yeah. oldest book, mm-hmm. the oldest one. I think. I think I may you're be wrong. Correct. I, I, yeah, I, I, I believe that's true. Ones. And so yeah, that, okay, that goes so with the same language. Considered both a theological and a literary masterpiece, the Book of Job. Uh, okay, never mind. I thought it said that it was the first one in here. I was incorrect. So, um, Second Peter, turn to another proof text. Second Peter says, and "For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness." To be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot. So, in this passage of Second Peter, there's two main, there's two main examples, mm. and each example has two parts, right? So he talks about. If God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but he kept Noah. He preserved Noah. Mm. So that's two things together. He's talking about Genesis 6. Mm-hmm. Right? God did not... If God did not spare the angels when they sinned, he's talking about Genesis 6, that the angels sinned by mm. corrupting the earth, by, by having these relations with with yeah. women. Because then he, he, he says... But he preserved Noah. Then you go to the next the next yeah. example. He says, if God did not, uh, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction. And then he talks about, and if he rescued Lot. The part that confuses me is in verse 4. It says, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. So does that, does that mean that that was their ultimate end? Or he directly cast them into hell? Like he, like so. I guess I guess in the case of Genesis six, then they they were fallen to the earth. Yes. And then ultimately, ultimately, when they die on earth, hell is their final destination. Yes, is what that's saying. And okay. they're all wiped out in the flood. Mm, so they're okay. all punished there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. That makes you know a lot I mean? of sense to me. Yeah. Really does. So, and that's okay. why. And that's why he he floods the earth if he did not spare the ancient world but preserve noah exactly so so you see how he's you see how he's making the connection there mhm mhm i'm following i'm tracking another another place another proof text that you can go for the same thing and if you want a really in-depth video on this idea of the sons of god and of who the nephilim really are um look up who are the nephilim southern seminary on youtube they, one of the professors made a video um, basically expressing most of this. This um, is, Was it Shriner? No, it wasn't Shriner. Oh. This is why we left this to you, Levi. <laughs> but, but yes. dude, it's is such a good video. <laughs> He's more it's, adequately prepared. There's a, I mean, I know that guy in that video mentions another proof text in Jude. I don't know that one. Um, but, but there's another proof text in Jude basically where he says the same thing, that the, the, the angels sinned. Um, mm. And he references Genesis 6. So mm. we see here that that's that's the most plausible and scripturally supported argument mm-hmm. that the sons of God were fallen angels, the angels that sinned left their place and sinned, and the daughters, um, the daughters of man were just normal women, mm-hmm. um, and they took their mm-hmm. wives and they distorted it. Right, so God restricts their years to one hundred twenty, um, and then it talks about the Nephilim were on these earth in these days and also afterward. So there's also 
two main interpretations of the Nephilim. Okay. Are they? You can explain the the first one, which is widely held. Uh, that basically the the word for Nephilim Nephilim is fallen. So they were also what fallen angels, right? Well, or they were the sons yes. of fallen angels. Typically, mm-hmm. one of the most widely held interpretations of that uh, of who the Nephilim are is um the the offspring of that intermingling between fallen angels and and women so basically we had some like mythology level stuff going yes. <laughs> we had some some zeus's or whatever yeah i mean yeah. i'm just and, and then you but have seriously like, though i mean it sounds kind of crazy i mean it sounds cool you know mm-hmm. but and then you have terrible. then you have also people who, who say that <laughs> nephilim are giants mm. which some of the greek translators translated giants um, but I think a lot of that comes from the book of Enoch, which is mysticism and, and heresy. Mm. And yeah, we don't like that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I don't, I I don't know enough about that to say. I just know the two main interpretations is what you said that that yes. is the that's fallen angels or mm-hmm. the offspring of yep. the fallen angels Be- and the women because of sin. That's what that's what was brought about was these nephilim these these people that were not the same as humans they were distorted there was a difference almost in them yeah well the the other interpretation is just that they were mighty men mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that were big that were there because because the and this is also kind of hinted at in that video i told you to look up uh, from southern seminary but um he talks about how where it says the nephilim were on the earth in those days mm-hmm. if you read that um and you read you look for that the the other occurrences of that hebrew phrase and all the rest of scripture that it's not necessarily talking about, um, like, as a result of all the other stuff that's going on. Like, it could easily have been saying that these were mighty men that were there before all this corruption was happening mm-hmm. and were there after all this corruption was happening. Mm-hmm. Because you even see another reference to the Nephilim in, um, I believe it's Joshua, either Deuteronomy, it may be Deuteronomy, or Joshua, where he sends his spies into to the promised land. They come back and they say, well, we saw the Nephilim. We saw mm. the the mighty men, right? That, and we we looked like um, he even says we looked like ants or whatever to mm-hmm. them, the, the grasshoppers. That they were these big, strong, mighty men, right? And then it says here um, that these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. It's, it's talking about the Nephilim there. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that's it's the two main interpretations of that. Um, to be honest with you, I've always held to the understanding that it was the offspring of the the fallen angels and the women, but the, I could easily be convinced of the fact that it was just mighty men of renown that were there before that happened. And mm-hmm. after that happened. Um, but, but yeah, so that's the main interpretation of that section. I Shoot. think that the sons of God are fallen angels and that the Nephilim were probably just mighty men of renown, but they could easily be the offspring of that relationship. Um, so then going on, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Is that not a great <laughs> summation of total depravity? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, it is. There's no good in that them. That every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That that is who man is naturally. Yep. Yeah. Until God works it, works in us to change us. Um, and, and it grieved him in his heart. Right, God grieved him in heart. He said, "So, so here's the next thing I want to get into. In verse six, it says, and the Lord regretted that He had made man on the earth.' 
How could the Lord regret? So we obviously believe, as um, Reformed theologians, Mm -hmm. or or Reformed Baptists is what we are, Mm -hmm. um, that God is ultimately sovereign over all things, Mm -hmm. that God has predetermined and preordained all things. Yeah, most definitely. So could God regret something in the way that we understand regret? Mm. I mean, no. I would have to say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's going to be enough. Not, Chase, not, said, Chase said, mm, no. <laughs> not, not in the way where it's like, man, I wish I could have done something to prevent I wish I, this. Yeah, or yeah. that, or I wish I did something different. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. That's not what God is saying here. I mean, I, I don't know any Christian really who would say that. I, I mean, I, there, you, there's some that will make this claim. Yes. But like, it. If you would make the claim that God wishes he did something else, then, I mean, even just from a Arminian side where they believe that God has foreknowledge instead of maybe as much sovereignty, mm-hmm. I mean, he would still know. I mean, well, I don't know. That, that gets kind of dicey. I, I would just say that as a person who believes in God's sovereignty and that he's in 100% control, uh-huh. that there's no way that God could just be like, man, I wish I could have done something different. Right. So... Cause he saw it coming. Our God he is planned it. Our God is a strong of and good he he God. <laughs> orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, doesn't mean From though that he's not going to be grieved at the sin mm-hmm. and and the hate and the hatred right. that has become of these men. I, guess, I mean, he knew what was going to come of it. I guess where it. this conversation ends is what the original Hebrew word is. Right. Well, here's mm-hmm. a here's another. That's example. true. Yeah. Something relevant is is my wife and I are currently reading through First Samuel, mm-hmm. um, so so we just read the part where um, Saul disobeys God, right? He he doesn't wait on Samuel to come. He offers to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth. And he loses the kingship. God takes it away from him, right? And it actually says God regretted making Saul king. So mm. same same thing it says here in Genesis that God regretted making Saul king, mm-hmm. but then. Shortly after, in the same section, Samuel writes this, or, or um, th- this is written in the in the text. It says, "And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you." He's talking about David, mm-hmm. and he says this, "And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret." <laughs> and by the glory, the glory of Israel is capitalized. So he's talking about God. Mm-hmm. He says so. The Lord regretted that he made you king, but also the Lord will not have regret. So what's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about the regret he's talking about God having is not regret as far as change your mind or or you wish you did something different, right? And yeah. and we got to take a really fast break um, and we will continue this in in like Okay, we're back. So we're back. so God God was not did not regret in the in the fact that he wanted to change his mind or he wished he did something different. Um, mm-hmm. Really, he was just sorrowful, right? So, yeah, yeah. in another section, I think in the same the same passage we were in, I, I left it. It says that he was sorry, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't necessarily say that he wished he didn't do it. Uh, it does say, well, well, yeah. So it does say um, it grieved into his heart the Lord regret that he made man. But then in the end, um, it says. God himself. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. 
right? So he man. was sorrowful. He had sorrow that he had made man, and it, and it ended up in this way. He knew that it was going to. I mean, yeah. that God had a plan from the beginning for yeah. Christ to come and redeem his fallen people, but it, mm-hmm. it, it just brought him sorrow to right. see his creation, creation in that state. Right. Yeah, I mean, his creation is rebelling. I mean, there is a separation. There, there, mm-hmm. These people hate God. They, right. they do. Yeah. And and how could and they still hate today. their I mean, creator? Yeah, they hated their creator and the person who created them. I mean, God who creates gave these them people. Life, who gave them all these things, mm-hmm. and, and they hate him. And there's a separation there. Right. And so the thing is, is how, I mean, a holy God can't, you know, I mean, he he would be sorrowful. He would right, see yeah. these people who, Just because who he hate him, and he'd be like. What's going to happen doesn't mean it doesn't yeah. grieve his heart. Mm-hmm. That, that is an aspect Correct. of God. I mean, that is his right. love. That is his. That is also a, you know, I mean, he has justice. He has mercy, but he also, you know, he has love, and he sees this hatred of people who hate him, and he can't be a part of them. I mean, he he's too holy. God is mm-hmm. holy, and he, and he sees that. So, yes, he will be sorrowful. Yep, and, and I mean, sure. that's pretty much it of what we're going to cover yeah. today. We see that God is here. Um, he is full of sorrow for the state of creation, mm-hmm. and it, and he he de- decides that there's going not decides here. I mean, he had already decided and determined mm-hmm. that there was going to be a flood to cleanse yeah. the earth of this corruption and leave only Noah. However, as we know, corruption mm-hmm. comes back. Right, yeah. it's always there. Oh yeah, it's just it, remember that for the future. Whenever you, because this will get brought up in your life whenever you were in school whenever you're in college whenever people who are who hate god and they they are rebelling Mm -hmm. they'll bring up passages like this they'll say oh well how how weak is your god how weak is he that that you know he regretted stuff and remember this this you know that like what we talk about because it's important because you could be like no my god is sovereign he's in control right He's mad that we're separated. Context that, matters. Exactly. Yeah. You need to understand that because I've had that brought up to me before. And well, that well, was I mean, a stumper back, if back God, in the day. <laughs> if God was, was not merciful, because of his righteousness and his power and his sovereignty and mm-hmm. his justness, he easily could have just wiped mankind off the face of the earth when sin happened, cast and them into hell, done. and called it a day. Yeah. But he did not. Yeah. Praise be to God. Um, so... We thank God for that. And, and um, next week we will be diving into the flood. So if you want to read along, um, go ahead go ahead and read that. We will probably read, you know, uh, all the way through when the flood subsides. subsides. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I plan to go ahead and, and section out what we will cover each week. So that way if you are reading at home and you expect us to post an episode on Saturday, um, which is typically when we do in, unless I'm – Failed to do so, which I did this week. I'm We're sorry. We're busy, nope. guys. We've been doing. We've been doing um, okay. We've been doing good. But but you know, if you expect us to have this episode up every Saturday, I ex- I, I plan to post a breakdown of what we're going to cover each week. That way, you can read along with us in Genesis, um, and follow the bonus episodes if to get your little um, feeling of other stuff. Because this is these are hefty episodes that are long yep. and cover a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, are really really um diving in and not really lighthearted conversation. We still want to have some lighthearted conversation about different things. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um that that's one of the things we want out of this show, but also we want to dive into scripture and talk about it. So, um we're trying to keep our stuff updated. If you want to see anything new, 
Um, check us out, Average Joe Theo on Twitter, Average Joe Theology on Facebook, and AverageJoeTheology.com. Send us a contact form, follow us, send us a message. We want to talk with you guys. Yes. Um, Holla at us. Do it. That'll be it. We'll be back with you next week.